All right, so um, we're going to be in Luke chapter 12, verses 35 through 48. That's where we're going to be today. We've been um, doing this little series called Guardrails, this little mini-series. Um, this morning we'll be talking about another, another um, bad thing that we need to kind of guard ourselves from. Um, I believe that what Jesus talks about today might be the greatest threat that the church faces. May possibly be the greatest threat that the church faces today. I would call this, um, I've never been stuck in quicksand. Anybody, I'm curious, anybody ever been stuck in quicksand? Okay, I've, I've seen movies about it for sure. Um, and I meant like really, not, you know, figuratively. But what I know about quicksand is when you get stuck in quicksand, you want to start fighting it and trying to get out. And that actually makes it worse. And so this, this, um, this danger that, God, that Jesus is warning us about, I would call it the quicksand of the soul because you, you tend to, Get, find yourself in this, and then you just can't even fight your way out. Sometimes you don't even want to fight your way out. Um, it has a way of gripping us. It has a way of holding us until we have absolutely no strength or desire to fight it. So this, this danger, what we need to guard against today is apathy. Apathy. This apathy is deadly. It has this way of grabbing us and sucking the life right out of us. The worst part about apathy is that when you have it, you don't really care, right, right? Y'all didn't get it because you don't know what apathy is, right? <laughs> or else it was just a really bad joke. Uh, I've got a picture, uh, just kind of a picture of what apathy might look like. I love demotivators. Have you ever heard of demotivators um, from Despair, um, Despair Incorporated? It says, apathy, if we don't care of the customer, maybe they'll stop bugging us, <laughs> right? So that's a, a, that's a little picture of what apathy might look like. Apathy is when you just absolutely don't care. So what, is, what happens in our life when we start to struggle with apathy? We just end up in these giant wrecks of apathy and we don't even really care. Now listen, last week we talked about anxiety. And it's possible if you struggle with anxiety, depression, those kind of things, you probably know apathy pretty well, Right? You kind of get in that, that feeling like, man, I don't even want to, I don't want to deal with this today. Apathetic struggle. In, in Luke chapter 12, Jesus is going to talk about this because he knows that if Satan can stop us from starting, he can keep us from finishing, right? You and I, you and I have a destiny. And here's, here's your big idea today. Apathy is the enemy of destiny. You'll hear that as we read Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, verses 35 through 48. There's a lot in here. Um, we're going to read the whole thing, and then we'll start trying to unpack it. Jesus says, be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning, like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet, so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes, Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve, will have them recline at the table, and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or toward daybreak. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Peter said, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? Don't you love Peter? Like, he's, Peter's the kid in class who goes, is this going to be on the test? 
right? I love that. Do I need to keep listening, or is this kind of for everybody else? The Lord answered, Who then is the faithful and wise manager, whom the master puts in charge of his servants, to give them their food allowance at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose the servant says to himself, My master is taking a long time in coming. And he then begins to beat the other servants, both men and women, and to eat and drink and get drunk. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at an hour he is not aware of. And he will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the unbelievers. Um, Paraphrasing, he won't be happy. That's not good. You know that, right? If your boss calls you into his office and says, I'm going to cut you in pieces, that's not good. The servant who knows the master's will and does not get ready and does not do what the master wants will be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. Now, listen, a lot of people will debate that. So what does that mean? Do, we need, do people need to know the truth? What we're missing is they're both getting beaten with blows. Okay? So when Jesus is talking about watchfulness, Guarding yourself against apathy, this is why. Because the wreckage that apathy causes leads to a place where whether it's a lot of blows or little blows, we're not in a good place, right? We're still in that office with somebody saying, this is not good. We don't want that from Jesus. And he, he wraps up by saying this, for everyone who has been given much, from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. From the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. So guardrails. What guardrails do we need to put in our lives that can keep us from apathy? And I believe that there's, today we're going to talk about two. Okay, I'll go ahead and give them both to you. You can write them down. People and purpose. Guardrails in our lives, people and purpose. Now, if there's one thing that is um, underappreciated and we, we appreciate it very little, but we need it so much. It's got to be like alarm clocks, right? It's like if you didn't have an alarm clock, what would you sleep through? How important are those alarm clocks, right? And, and so many times, but well, now we have apps and we have, you know, clock radios and all that kind of stuff. You know, when I was growing up, my, my mom was my alarm clock. She always had this way of coming in cheerfully, turning the light on. Like we sang that song this morning, Let There Be Light. Light's really exciting if you're stuck in a cave. But if you're sleeping and it's dark and somebody turns the light on, you don't typically go, thanks, right, for that. That was so nice of you. My mom would always come in in the morning and she would open the door. She would stick her head in, turn the light on, and she would sing, rise and shine and give God the glory, glory, rise and shine. Give God the glory, glory, rise and shine and give God the glory, glory, children of the Lord. And I'd be like, turn and walk away, dear mama, mama, turn and walk. Like, come on, seriously? In the morning, that's what you're saying. What? We got to have alarm clocks. We need, we need people in our lives to keep us awake, to guardrail, to apathy. People have a way of pointing out when we're nodding off. It's possible that already today you have begun to nod off in church. And if you are blessed, you have somebody with you who has already done this, right? 
And then they went, and then they're like, bam, you know, just ain't this get you awake, right? If you've ever if you've ever been driving in a car late at night, and everybody in the car is asleep. You're so thankful to have one person to stay awake and say things like, you're falling asleep. Even if you're not. Well, I was going to Tennessee one time. It was me and Laura and Sissy. We were driving to Tennessee, and I was driving, and Laura was in the back seat. And everything was going great until she dove over the seat and grabbed the wheel. What are you doing? She said, you were falling asleep. No, I wasn't. Maybe I was. I don't know. I don't think I was. But we almost wrecked because she saved us, right? It's like crazy. You need people in your life to keep you awake. You need people in your life to, to be that guardrail. Say, turn the air on high. Blast the radio. Stick your head out the window. Do something. Hold your eyes open. All hold your eyes open. Wake up. Because you have an enemy who knows, because apathy is the enemy of destiny, he knows if I can just get them so tired, asleep, apathetic, they'll never even start. And if they don't start, they'll never get to their destiny. So our enemy is smart, but God is smarter because God puts us with people. He gives us community who keep us awake. There are people in your life right now who are living out Proverbs 27, 17 for you, and you need to be thankful for them. Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. How does iron sharpen iron? Sparks, friction, a lot of heat. This is one way that people are a guardrail to apathy. They remind us, whoa, hold up. Back on the road. Wake up. Bad things happen when we fall asleep. I don't know if I've ever told you a story or not, but I was in a band in high school, and we went on a band trip to Florida. It was awesome. We drove through the night to get to Florida. And I was sitting in a seat with a girl that I will not mention because she's from here, not here, but here. And she was crazy about me. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. I mean, I mean, look at, I'm such a catch, right? I mean, she was crazy, like almost stalker crazy, but she was crazy about me. And she sat next to me and, you know, like at some point during the night, we were driving like 3 in the morning on a bus. And I don't know how you are when you're driving. I can fall asleep anywhere. It's a gift, spiritual gift, I'm sure. And I fell asleep on the bus driving down to Florida, and I fell asleep with my forehead on the seat in front of me, which is bad, like for all kinds of reasons. First and foremost, when you wake up, you have that red dot on your forehead. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, look, Paul fell asleep and changed religion. It's crazy. <laughs> but, but the worst part when you fall asleep like this is, is that, like, gravity takes over. And I don't know if any of you are, are droolers when you sleep. Like, you know, if you're falling asleep on, at school and you wake up and you got like stuff on your arm or whatever. But apparently when, when I, was, I, I was sleeping like this, apparently I started to, to drool. And like in this position, right, like 
You ever get that bungee drool? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you know what I'm talking Like, it just hangs there. <laughs> anyway. Eventually, I woke up. And when I woke up, the girl that we won't mention was looking at me. I was like, what? You were sleeping. Okay. You were drooling. So, it's okay, baby. I caught it. I changed seats, right? I mean, that's, a, that's like stalker level for sure, right? That's just horrible. Like, what I needed in that moment was somebody to go, wake up. You're beginning to drool. And Psycho is catching it, right? Man, you need people in your life. You need people in your life that can keep you awake. And sometimes we get so frustrated with the people who were the best at it, Right? Again, iron sharpening iron, not the most peaceful verse. And if there's anybody who knows how to be a guardrail for people, it has got to be moms. I mean, I know people are guardrails, but can we just today, I almost went, instead of people and purpose, I almost went with moms and mission, right? Because moms are so important in our lives. My mom was a guardrail. I busted through it a few times, right? But she was a guardrail for me. Anybody in here who has ever had your mom clean your face with her own spit, like what is up with that, right? What, what part of the brain, I know it's a mom gene, but what part of the brain says to you, if I, if I lick my thumb with my nasty spit, it will clean their face. I don't get it, right? I mean, I got it, but I, didn't, I don't get it. I, mean, I got it plenty of times. You know, I, you know, moms are always like, tuck your shirt in, stand up straight, right? I mean, this is what moms do, and I'm not making fun of this. They, they do their best to prepare us. They don't let us lazy our way through life. This is what moms do. It's what people do. It's a gift from God. It's a gift from God that people would do that. Now, we, moms do so much stuff, we don't even know half of the stuff that they do. But they, they do it because they believe in us and because they believe that we're destined for greatness. And so they're like, stand up. Tuck your shirt. If my mom was alive right now during the untuck it fad, her head would be spinning, right? She'd be like, tuck your shirt in. I'm like, no, this is really cool. She's like, no, it's not. I'm like, mom, I've lived my whole life for this very moment. I've practiced my entire life to finally fit in. But they do it because they believe we're destined for greatness. And today is the day that we acknowledge all that they do. And I'm not sure if anybody really knows how much moms do more than the mom fairy. Check this out. Moms personify Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. It says, let us consider how we may spur one another on 
to love and good deeds. Which, interestingly enough, like that Greek word for spur is like kind of like slap. I mean, it's chafe. I mean, it's let's make each other uncomfortable so that we'll continue. It's a guardrail. See how that works? We start to get apathetic, and God puts people in our lives as a guardrail, and so they spur us on to good works. It hurts a little. Oh, mom turns the light on. Wake up. I don't want to. Spurs us on to love and good deeds. People do that. People are an external guardrail. Listen, it's the text, the phone call. It's the uncomfortable coffee conversation that a friend has with you where they grab your attention and say, come on. Let's go. You've got a destiny to fulfill, and you're not fulfilling it. These are gifts from God. We know that moms do that, but who are the people in your life that are guardrails? I would not even be offended at all if you whipped your phone out right now and sent them a text and said thanks. Because you've got to say thank you to the people in your life that are guardrails for you who have kept you from going over the edge and making an apathetic wreck of your life. People do that. So if people are the external guardrail, then that purpose word, that's the internal guardrail that we need in our lives. That's the, that's the guardrail that can keep us from disqualifying ourselves as we head down the road towards our destiny. I believe that there is purpose in all of our lives. All of us can relate to this. At some level, and we've seen this as such a bad thing for too long, we can relate to there's got to be more. And so what we think is there's got to be more, so I need to change all my external circumstances so I can find whatever that more is out there. But that's an internal guardrail. That's not an external guardrail. That's internal. God, I was made for more than this. When Esther heard the words, you were born for such a time as this, those are words of destiny and of purpose. I love, I love, man, I want to be, an, I wanna be a, a rock star old person. Right, I just want—I don't want people to know. Me. I just want to kill it. I want people to be like I want to be an old dude like that. When I get to be really, really old, I don't know what really, really old is anymore because I think I'm already really old for some of you. But I love this story in in Joshua chapter 14. There's a man named Caleb, and and here's what here's what Caleb says. He says, "Now then, just as the Lord promised, He has kept me alive for 45 years since the time He said this to Moses." while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So let me just give you the backstory. Caleb is one of two spies who spied out the promised land and came back and said, we should go. But all the other spies went, no, they're really big and scary. And so at 40 years old, Caleb said, that's our land. And now here he is 45 years later as they're getting ready to enter the promised land. And here's what he says. So here I am today, 85 years old, and I am still as strong today as the day that Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. That was hill country. I'm not sure if you heard me enunciate that well. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified, but the Lord helping me, I will drive them out. Just as he said, I want to be around 85-year-old men like that. 
Like, listen here, young whippersnapper. Give me my land. I've waited 45 years for this day. Now give me my land. I know there's giants there, but I will. The Lord help me drive them out. Now you can come with me or you can stay here, but I'm going to go beat them. That's purpose. And that's not just a Caleb thing. You were born for that. I was born for that. We were born with an eternal purpose in our lives. And when we're not fulfilling that eternal purpose, when we start to weave off the road towards apathy, that guardrail kicks in. And when you find yourself saying there's got to be more, the answer is there is. There is more. And that guardrail is getting you back on the path so you can continue to go down the road towards your destiny. Because apathy is the enemy of destiny. At 85 years old, Caleb was still saying, put me in, coach. And I love that. Most people slow down as they age, not Caleb. There was no quit in Caleb because there was no quitter in Caleb. He refused. He was filled with purpose, and so are we. Listen to just a few verses. You can jot these down. Not only is there an eternal purpose, Ecclesiastes 3.11 says that God has placed eternity in our hearts. Listen, that's one reason why you and I will never be satisfied with the things of this world. Because he created us with eternity in our hearts. We are created for something else. And so nothing in this world will ever fully satisfy. That's the power of the song that we were singing this morning. And listen, don't, don't let that shame you, right? Don't, let, don't, start, don't start thinking through your, your head like all the things you've tried to find satisfaction in. Like, I'm such an idiot. No. You're, you're longing for something that only your eternal home can satisfy. And so every time, every time you try something down here, it's like, God, I used to be so excited about March Madness, and now it's just like, uh, because it doesn't satisfy, right? Like, we're just longing for something more. Let that be a guardrail, an internal guardrail to push you down the road. As followers of Jesus, we have truth in us that must come out. That is our purpose, right? All of you missionaries that work at jobs, surrounded by people that don't know Jesus. The reason you're there is because he has put his truth in you, and that truth comes out. It has to come out. Listen to a couple of verses. Acts chapter 40, verse 20. I love it. The disciples were, had, been, had been arrested and were being told to be quiet, and this is what they said. We can't help but speak about what we have seen and what we know. When's the last time that happened? Somebody's like, stop talking about Jesus. And you're like, I wish I could. I can't stop. I can't not say what he's done. I can't not say what I've experienced. Jeremiah 20, verse 9. Jeremiah said, I have your fire. You're, you're, you're like a fire shut up in my bones. Your word is like a fire shut up in my bones. He said, I am weary of trying to hold it in. And that eternal purpose that we have in our hearts it wants to come out. You wear yourself out bumping up against that guardrail. Purpose drives you down the road. In the Second Corinthians 5.14, Paul said that he is compelled by the love of Christ. Compelled. Like not choosing. I am compelled. I have got to go. So people are this external guardrail and purpose is an internal guardrail and they keep us from apathy. When I think about the, 
the purpose, when I think about people and the purpose of guardrails, I always think about my mom. I always picture the day that I went to church camp. I'll never forget it. I'm walking to the car, and she's like, there goes my preacher boy. And I was like, that. Right? That's what I did. I was like, what are you talking about? I'm going to make a ton of money and be a vet. She's like, nah, you're going to be my preacher. Nah, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you no. I'm a preacher. Because my mom knew there was a destiny in my life. And she knew that she had a destiny. Guess what her destiny was? Raise a preacher. She did it. Guardrails. Guardrails. On Mondays, I hope this is not too transparent for you, but on Mondays when I quit my job, most Mondays when I quit, I mean, I'm back on the job by lunch, but Monday mornings, <laughs> like, uh, I don't know, man. I'm not a good pastor, and I don't know, but I always think of my mom, always, guardrail. And it lights this fire in me, this purpose that God's given me. And I'm back up. Here we go. Let's go again, right? Purpose, people. Who is in your life that God is using? To prepare you for your purpose. My mom, spiritually, she made sure that I, like Jesus said, was dressed ready for service and that my lamp was always burning. You've got to have people for that in your life. Who is helping you be dressed and ready for service? <laughs> All the kids are like, well, my mom actually did that this morning. Isn't that crazy? Like when you're helping somebody get dressed on time, they don't want your help. I got this. Yeah, you'll have it three hours from now. I'm going to help you, right? I'm going to help you pick out your clothes because you're going to come out with really weird clothes that don't match. We, we help each other get dressed and ready for service. My mom knew that the best way to be ready for what was next was to be faithful to what was now. I'm going to say it again because you're going to want to write that down. The best way to be faithful to what's next, the best way to be prepared for what's next is to be faithful to what's now. She knew that. She instilled that in me because she lived it in front of me. She knew that if, if we could keep apathy away, then faithfulness in everyday things would ensure that we'd be ready for whatever the Lord said do next. And I was. You will be too. Be ready then by being faithful now. And thank the Lord for the people and the purpose that he's put in your life. To keep you going towards the place that he's called you to. Mom's in the room. I'm so thankful for you. I'm so thankful for the role that you fill. It's probably not enough for one day, right? You do a lot. And don't forget why you do it. Because there's a purpose. There's an eternal purpose. You could be re raising a preacher. You could be raising a doctor. You could be raising a teacher. You could be raising all kinds of things. But who you're raising 
are young men and women who will be used for the glory of God in the kingdom of God. That's the purpose. And those are the guardrails, right? When we get apathetic, we suddenly remember, wait a second, there's a greater purpose. And so I want to pray this morning as we close, just over, not just over the moms, but I mean all of us for sure. And I want you to think about people in your life who have served as a guardrail for you. And today, before you go to sleep tonight, I want you to get in touch with them if you can. Oh, I can't. I mean, my mom's gone. I don't know. I'll probably just write her a note or something. But say thank you. Say thank you to the people in your life that are, are guarding you from apathy. Because the last thing we want is to get to the end of that parable that Jesus told and find that we have fallen asleep. It's, it's so crazy. I know we've got to pray, but he mentions if the, if the master, the owner of the house had known when the thief was coming, he would not have allowed his house to be broken into. When we think of houses being broken into today, we think super quiet, open the door, walk in. And it's pretty quick. Like thieves don't walk into the house and grab a beer and sit down and drink while you're in the other room, right? They in and out pretty quick. But the word there literally means he would not have allowed his house to be dug through. This reference Palestinian homes that were built with mud. And how apathetic do you have to be to not be stirred as a house is being dug into? How absent do you have to be? And that's what Jesus is warning us about. It's like, I don't want you to be that person who's so apathetic. You, you don't even hear anything that's going on, the danger around you. So I have put people in your lives, and I've put purpose in you to serve as guardrails to keep you from that place. And so that's what they're protecting you from. I want to pray. And then today, please apply this message. Call them, text them, write them. Tell them right now if you're sitting next to them, thank you for being a guardrail in my life and keeping me from apathy. God, I just pray over our, our family here at the church. I'm so thankful for the people that are here that you have placed here to keep all of us, God, from apathy. Jesus is so clear. Be dressed and ready. Literally means to tuck in your garment so that you can run as soon as you're given a command. We have people in our lives that prepare us for that, who point us to the purpose that you've placed in us. And we just want to say thank you to you as the Father who gave them to us as good gifts. We thank you for moms. I thank you for the countless things that they do that none, nobody will ever see, but you do. And I thank you for this morning, God, just the ability to look back and say, I see your faithful hand all the way through, and we know we can walk forward in faith because of your faithfulness in the past. I pray you'd fill us with this, this power of the Holy Spirit that we sang about, this fire that consumes us, and that, God, we would be faithful now so that we'd be prepared next. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.